0: B or not a B? That is the question. Whether it is the second letter of the alphabet or some other merry letter,
1: B or not a
2: B?
3: We're going to play What's On Me That Starts With B. What's on me? What's on me that starts
2: with B? In the black Big dance Bad bitch sucking dick Bout to dent my rim Duffel bag full of hundreds Let her spend my teens. you Y'all told you pussy niggas All I do is win uh, and the back, the full of way. Way. My the- dogs in the pen I'm fucking with a bitch Then she gotta be a ten Diamonds on the neck Diamonds on the wrist I, I put diamonds in the mouth Cause it's diamonds on my dick Cause it's diamonds on my dick
3: Two thousand
2: two, one hundred.
3: Two thousand one, one hundred. Welcome to two thousand one hundred podcast. My name is Jason Peters. My name is Jason Peters.
1: Be, Be or not a bee. Is the
4: Broadcasting live, not from a booth, but rather from a bench on a balcony and bedsty at my best friend's apartment in Brooklyn. Today's episode, we're sitting down with Scott Bochez, a baseball player, to discuss things that start with B that will not be in the year. 2100. One of our guests is baseball player Scott Boaches, as well as B-expert Sam Jennings, and the inventor of the foam finger and reoccurring guest slash character, Steve Schmieler. Why are we doing this episode? It's because I believe in the properties of randomness. I believe in the importance of doing random things. Do I think this is a good episode topic? Not particularly, but we can't just do things I think are good ideas, you know? This is simple, it's straightforward. Because I was gonna do what won't be around in 2100, but that's too obvious. So I was like, how could we limit it? And I was like, how about the word B? Be? Because then you could do a play on words. What starts with B that will not be in the year 2100? So here we go. Let's begin. Also, uh, before this episode starts, uh, the, the audio with Scott Bochez, uh, I was sick and, or, and something must've been wrong with my throat. Cause I sound horrible for all of that audio. And I just like to apologize. I don't know why I sounded like that. A lot of time has passed since, since we recorded that. That might've even been in 2020. Uh, but yeah, Noah, uh, thank you for listening.
3: Back on track, check out my Cartier fanny pack. I'm chilling with the floozies, making all the newsies. And if I get sleepy, it's time for a snoozy. I wake up, put on my shirt. I smell fresh with a little calogany squirt. Now I smell like a spicy flower. I'm back on track with brand new trousers.
0: Well, that's nice. I'm Steve Schmieler, and I live in the Tumwa, Iowa. And my first uh, contact communication with Jason was relative to the foam finger. And we had.
4: Uh, and you told me there's new news about the foam finger, but you can't break that.
0: Well, uh, this doesn't come out for 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 a couple of weeks. The, that's that's fine. Um, there was a, a, a screenwriter in uh, Washington state that uh, happened to see a, a Reddit uh the Reddit thread. Huh? The Reddit thread. Yep. And uh, he reached out to me, asked if I'd be interested in talking with him about the possibility of writing a story or a screen uh, script for that. And uh, we communicated back and forth for probably a month exchanging information. And then he's put together a story. And uh,
4: Someone has written a movie about your life. Someone else found the gem that is Steve Schmeler.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he had fun doing
4: it. Does he? Did you tell him the train story? Uh, no the story about taking the train to community college. Tell him, tell him to do that because that is a scene straight out of a movie. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's one of the best stories ever told in season two on the Stories from Youth episode. You told an episode, told a story about when you were uh, taking the train uh, in, in, to community college. You'd sneak on a freight train, and on the last That's day, exactly they right. chased you down. I remember these things, Steve. So uh, you've been you go- busy with politics, Easy. haven't you? I'm busy ever. You see my new apartment? It's very nice. You see that arch? Yes. Isn't that nice? Yes. I, I always brag about my arch. No one cares. Well, uh, I've got to view it to the listeners because no one can see it in my home. I have a beautiful arch uh, in this house that I rent. But it's a nice house and I love it. Uh, I think I'm. Th- I'm. I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking about, You've been in my life now for three years. We've been talking two, three years. And uh, I'm just trying to think of how much I've grown in those years. I think last time I spoke to you, I was in Brooklyn, Uh, just house-sitting. and uh, uh, Very weird. But- Scott Boaches. and you were just on the last episode. Yep. And what do you do? What do you do? Who are you? I'm a minor league baseball player. Yeah, and he's a recurring <laughs> guest, and he's back on the show. If if you just listened to the last episode, we you just heard us talk about a man who got tortured in front of his family, and and then he went to prison, and he was all ugly or whatever. And but that that shit's done. We're past that. We're on good vibes. We're on good vibes, and we're gonna talk about something better. Okay. Good. All right. All right. A little I, dark in here. I got one question for you Uh -uh. What is something That starts with B And I brought this Brought you on the episode because your last name starts with B And your profession starts with B Baseball and boaches Mm -hmm. That that, that makes you an expert On this subject What is a thing that starts with B That will not Be around in the year 2100 B's do you know enough about bees to have this conversation? No, I always hear people just bitching about them going extinct or something. I might talk to the people, the bees people. <laughs> yeah, See what their deal is. Here's an interview of me talking to bees people. <laughs> you are our bee expert, sir.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Could you introduce
4: time. yourself to the people?
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm Sam Jennings. I'm a beekeeper. I work for the Best Bees Company, uh, in the Boston area. I've been a beekeeper for six years now. Um, and you were care- saying,
4: yeah, I was gonna say you were make, you said you were mostly taking care of bees along Cape Cod.
1: Yeah, personally. So I, um, I take care of beehives on Cape Cod for the clients of best bees, uh, Provincetown and Truro, as well as, you know, my own personal apiary out there on the Cape. Um, and then I also uh, do sales and manage uh, sales manager type role for the company. Uh, Best Bees is a a full-fledged beekeeping service. So we install and maintain beehives for our clients um, across the country. And, uh, you know, both on the residential side of things, and then also, you know, your rooftop, you know, urban beekeeping as well. Well,
4: let me ask you about this. All right. I've had this show for probably like three years, and people keep mentioning bees to me. And the bees go into extinct. We're all going to die because there are no bees. Life will cease to exist on Earth. And to be quite frank, I know nothing beyond the memification of this idea. Uh, I went to Catholic high school growing up. So I don't know much about animals or science uh, or or how my (laughs) body works. I was never taught a lot of that stuff. Uh, So why are bees important for our future?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I mean, it's, it's true though. People are becoming more aware of this, this issue with pollinators and, They're just so important to our ecology and our food systems. They provide pollination to many crops, about a third of all fruits and vegetables that we eat, um, you know, rely on pollination from from bees. You know, it goes beyond just plants, even they're even important for the cattle industry. Um, It's estimated that bees contribute over $100 billion annually to the global economy um, by their pollination of over, you know, 140 different fruits and vegetables. Um, but, you know, beyond that, honeybees themselves, uh, you know, have been in the news a lot more frequently than the native species, but the native bees are the ones that, um, you know, I think we're most particularly concerned with honeybees without humans would of course be doing a lot worse, but it's the native bees that, um, you know, are a lot harder to understand, you know, doing and and why essentially there's 20,000 different species of native bees. Some of them are solitary bees. Um, The way they live is just not the same as a honeybee colony. They don't have such large populations. They're not easily maintained by humans, therefore they're hard to study. Um, And so science is pretty limited to measuring the health of the native bee populations. Um, They're limited by just kind of sitting in a field and counting the different bees that they see go by. So what we're doing at Best Bees is using our honeybee hives as data factories. So essentially, honeybees are an excellent indicator species, which in biology means they, they're a good reference point for other similar species. So we can learn a lot about the native health of pollinators by looking at the honeybee colony health data our beekeepers collect alongside other things like honey DNA analysis, where we take small samples of honey from the beehives we maintain and actually genomically sequence the pollen proteins inside of that honey to get a list of all of the different plant species bees are foraging from. So honeybees themselves are, are struggling, but they're, you know, our focus at Best Bees is really to use them in a way to better understand the health of our, of our native species. And we do that through partnerships with other research organizations that can provide other indicator data sets. And we're mapping out those blue zones of pollinator health. Um, no, that's, so you know uh, that's awesome. And and I want to say, I don't even think you said
4: your name. Your name is Sam Jennings. I don't know if we said your name up top or not. I think
1: I, I hope I said it up top. No, yeah, I'm Sam, just making
4: sure we get your name in there yeah, one, one more yeah. time while we're towards the front of the interview. Uh, so sure. I'm going to ask you a really basic question. Why are bees important?
1: Uh, for our food? Uh, of course, but also for the a healthy ecology. You know, flowers, there's so many different species of flowers that require pollination. Um, so without bees to pollinate, they can't reproduce themselves too. So, you know, beyond just food plants, but even, you know, flowers, they're a big part of an ecosystem that we all inhabit. So without bees, you know, there are so many consequences like Um, you know, not having enough pollination for the plants to grow and reproduce as well as for us humans to eat food. Um, Super important. What is the worst case scenario? Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, you see a huge um, die off in native pollination pollinator populations, uh, where they actually would consider, you know, like in certain areas to be almost extinct. Um, it can be really difficult to rehabilitate those populations. Um, It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of habitat restoration. So it's so important that people recognize the power that they have now to plant for bees to create that habitat, because there are three reasons why pollinator health is on the decline. And the number one reason is habitat loss. So if we can just plant more for the bees, we can help them out. The other two reasons are diseases like the varroa mite, and pesticides you know agricultural chemicals no that makes sense uh what what do we
4: have to do to get the bees on track what are the goals what are we attempting to do with the bees
1: yeah so i mean at at best bees we're really attempting to um like I said, monitor those populations of native bee health and report on them, but also to encourage our clients and our partners to plant more for the bees and then measure the impact that that has over time on the colony health side of things, as well as looking at their honey DNA data. We know that a diverse diet makes for a healthier population of bees. So by planting for the bees and then looking at the results in honey DNA, we can see uh, the impact that that has on their health overall. Um, And another big thing too is, um, breeding healthier bees. So rather than just, um, you know, using Southern bred bees, but actually, um, you know, breeding locally adapted Queens to, uh, you know, have a stronger colony and stronger lineage and genetics of bees in the areas in which we operate. So, um, we're really focused on that as a company, improving beekeeping practices, as well as sharing them with the larger beekeeping communities Uh, Your listeners might not be aware, but there are thousands of local beekeepers across the country and you can typically get in touch with them by looking up the local beekeeping association. There's usually a beekeeping association for each County. um, And at the state level, they have like usual directories where you can get in touch with local beekeepers. No, that's awesome. And I'm going to ask a couple more
4: questions uh, to wrap this up. One are you are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of bees and thus the future of humanity?
1: You know, I'm definitely a little more optimistic now, six years into it than I was at the start. Yeah, um, do you think... A lot of oh. people come together around bees. Oh.
4: Yeah, you're good. It was lagging a little bit.
1: I was going to ask... Um, uh,
4: do you think that people have been a little bit more optimistic because the rebrand has been successful? Most people hated bees. Like, no, no offense to you, but I feel like uh, bees have gotten a good rep recently because of the, the save the bees thing. I'm serious when I say they, they, they used to be like, yeah, they used to be like rats, we, like worse than rats. Cause they attack you. yeah So, but I feel like more recently people have warmed up to, to bees.
1: Yeah, I think that back in 2010, when there was all that media coverage about colony collapse disorder, people started to realize the importance of bees, you know, became more part of the conversation. And I've watched that in my past six years, more and more people, you know, caring about honeybee health, even beyond honeybees and and being concerned about the native pollinators. I think that it makes me more optimistic and that other people are more optimistic because ultimately we know we can um, improve and save the bees, Uh, If we do the right thing in terms of creating more habitat, looking at the way we develop cities and, and, you know, new developments, how are we going to uh, replace the habitat that we're destroying? And in places where we already have established cities, our clients and and, and hundreds of different companies are coming to the table to say, like, what can we do? We want to go beyond just thinking about Getting to a carbon neutral point, and we want to start to think about what can we do positively for the environment? You know, what can we do to, to actually make an impact right here, right now? And pollinators and pollinator habitat is really one of the the easiest ways that um, anyone can make a big difference on their local environment. And so I think just ultimately having that ability to make a difference makes people inherently more optimistic. You know, it's not just like you throw your hands up and the bees are all going to die and we're all, we're all screwed. It's um, you know, the bees are struggling, but people are here to, you know, help them out and we are going to collectively make a big difference.
4: Okay. Rapid fire questions to end this one on a scale one to 10, how bad is the bee situation right now? If 10 was perfect, nothing's wrong with anything.
1: Oh, so 10 is perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say we're we're hovering around a two or a three. You know, that there's things always are not good. Yeah. Why but why is it a two or a three? Well, you know, aside from just the overall decline in pollinator health, you know, we're not seeing many areas where bees are getting better and thriving more than they were. We're seeing it decline. Um, but also we know that the, the bee industry, the pollination industry here in America, the way bees are bred to supply that pollination industry, it's very fragile. Um, you know, it's, it's, you could think of it as almost incestuous in the, in the lineages of these, these Queens and the bees, and it, it makes things a little bit more, more fragile to, um, catastrophic weather events or disease outbreaks, meaning, shouldn't enough of these instances, you know, these these events occur, we don't have the infrastructure of you know enough bee breeders out there to provide enough bees to meet the pollination goals of North America. So it's really important to keep that in mind too, that like you know, while we're still able to do that, we have never had a season where it's like we haven't had enough pollinators to pollinate the agricultural crops that we need to in this country, but it's always, it's always like looming in the distance. And I think that people who are really tapped into the health of bees and the pollination and agricultural industry are aware of that. And I think that that's probably one of the scariest things is to know that, you know, in a a way we are hanging by a thread. Um, And, you know, it's just, It's great to see so many people coming to the table, but it's, uh, you know, I I worry about one day there being, you know, um, not enough bees to get us through the year, you know? Yeah. Is it hard not to make constant bee puns
4: because you've used the word being and beyond and it's taken everything in me not to shout beyond
1: beyond?
2: being yeah.
4: yeah no i i just imagine that that must get old and i'm sorry for even I guess it,
1: it yeah back. i guess it has i'm like so unfazed by it at this point i feel bad i like don't react i mean i'm like oh yeah it's not funny i don't know well like- it is well the con- <laughs> the context
4: of it is funny cuz you're using a lot of these b words and because i associate oh, yeah. with bees um i'm doing that but uh last people question that, is a question that, people, that we yeah. ask everyone um yeah. do you have anything that you'd like to say to the people of the year 2100
1: well, I, I, I hope that in the year 2100, you have not, um, you know, shirked the uh, classic, you know, native honeybee for a, you know, tw- 2100, uh, you know, drone tech bee, uh, because yeah. that is not the direction I'd like to see this world, you know, go in. And, and if that's what you're doing, I'm so sorry. Uh, hopefully you can, uh, you know, go back to your roots and turn it around
4: um and last question just for the the sake of the episode do you have any uh random words that start with b that you think won't be around in the year 2100
1: um uh...
4: you don't have to rationalize it you can shout any word you want out and then that'll be the last thing you say and then we'll cut it off
1: i'm gonna say hopefully people will stop saying the word boring because hopefully life in 2100 is not boring
3: first you get the money then you get the power then you get the pussy then you take a shower then you get a towel and then you make a sandwich then you put the condiments back in the fridge then you eat the sandwich and then you take a dump then you wipe your boosky oil and don't forget to flush then the magic water takes your dookie to a secret place and it's eat sub-level aliens actually they're more like monstrous creatures their faces look like that of a sea urchin i'm back on track with brand new slacks for no reason here's 20 vocal tracks and we're back <laughs> with scott boaches
4: and that's how podcasts work uh what else what else doesn't start with b um from the b expert scott baseball boaches uh
2: boom 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 boom
4: you can take your time, and Ronnie, if you got any words that start with bees, if you're googling words that start with B, which it seems like Ronnie, who's in the room, is doing, I'm gonna say uh, Bumble, the app that could that could has I guess, to do with bees. Yeah, but, well, I mean, you're just <laughs> stuck on bees. Yeah, but I think the app Bumble won't exist for nope. sure. I mean, apps are short lived. You know, what if the, you, some new? So uh, on the worst case scenario episode that you were just on. Uh, one of the guests was an archaeologist from Penn that we bumped into at the um, Gerard Avenue Music, f- uh, Gerard Avenue Street. Festival. Oh yeah, uh, it was a woman that I spoke to there. And I didn't even realize I had this amazing interview with this architecture lady uh, from Penn University, and she suggested that we're living in a uh, we're living in a new dark age, and that as far as a couple years in the future, all of our technology will wither away and they'll have to make new technology that won't adapt to this stuff so all of this data will just be lost because it won't be worth it to update it to the new thing all the old data yeah like our phone like like all the shit like all the you know how like all your shit's getting taken yeah. by all the companies searches and everything yeah all that all that is just wasting time on servers and her hypothesis was that there's not enough power like, like, eventually we're gonna run out of electricity, and then they're gonna find new ways to like do do the shit that's better, and then there's gonna be no reason to set up all the other stuff. So I think if we are living in a in a dark age, uh, Bumble won't exist for sure. No, <laughs> you blew my mind. <laughs> and that's a thing that I had someone talk to me oh, about man. on the last episode uh, coming out. But yeah, uh, Bumble, no, I mean Bumble's gone, absolutely. It's the bees episode. It's the bees yes. that won't be. Is because almost 24 hours after I hit you up, you had a very thoughtful list of things.
0: That's, I, I gave it thought. I mean, it was uh, thoughtful, is correct. I wanted to, um, you know, I didn't want to just go into it nonchalantly. I wanted to give you something that showed that I was interested.
4: Okay. So, do you have your list of things? Do you have that? Yes, it's here. Yeah. All right, give me some of, give me the one that you're most confident in because you have good ones.
0: Most confident that it will on be your fun. list,
4: yeah, the most confident, I'm certain that bowling shoes <laughs> will not exist in 2100. Uh, I don't think bowling will, but I think even bowling will as a niche game stick around because it does have a rich history back to like the BC days. but bowling shoes, when's the last time you've seen a new bowling
0: shoe? It's probably been five or six years be, 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 since I've bowled.
1: Yeah, they,
0: they weren't. Well, and, new, they weren't new then. Were you?
4: Was, did bowling become popularized in your life, or I, were you bowl, brought into a world where bowling was already popular?
0: I had a granddaughter in this particular instance—a granddaughter that wanted to have a birthday party at the bowling alley. That's not bad. And I had because I've baked cakes for. Birthday parties for my kids and now grandkids. Done that for 40 years, I guess. Uh, uh, made a made a castle type uh, cake for her, and we took it to the bowling alley. And she had 15 of her friends there, and and uh, they bowled. And then we had cake and ice cream. So it was fun. Yeah, I know. But bowling shoes. Yeah, they're not
4: making it. They're not making it. But why do we the technology's there? We could bowl in our regular shoes. It's a myth. You're not gonna fall down on the hardwood unless you step over the line.
0: Uh they're out of there. But do you have your number one? Yeah. The um the thing that I think most likely not be around will be blackouts. This thing down in Texas. Really? The thing down in Texas recently has jarred the industry and i think that we certainly are going to have when you say that that
4: thing down in texas for the people of the year 2100 what are you referencing
0: oh the cold weather that instigated uh rolling blackouts and and people without electricity for several days on end and that caused you know reciprocal problems with uh water pipes freezing and so you think that by
4: two thousand one hundred blackouts will be resolved?
0: Oh, the technology. Yes, that's See, eighty in nearly eighty years from now. I know, but the thing is,
4: Steve, and it's my my thing about your list is that it's a very optimistic list. Your list is extremely op- optimistic. You have blackouts, bombs, and bullets. Yes, uh, and banks. Those four things, you saying that those four things won't exist, are by far like the most optimistic worldview for the future that I have come across in several years of doing this show. Do you actually foresee a future without bombs, bullets, blackouts, and banks?
0: Currently, bullets are are a lethal product because it's got kinetic energy. When it hits something, there's impact and destruction. Um, I think that that there's there's laser-type products like Star Wars imagery. uh, You're going to have... So you're
4: saying lasers are going to beat out bullets by
0: 2100? Yes. Uh, Well...
4: I I don't even have any pushback. I'm here to absorb predictions because I don't know. I think that bullets will exist. I thought you were going for like a no more warfare, but you think warfare is just going to evolve.
0: Yes. I think that, I think that there'll certainly be different tools that will be used for, you know, gaining superiority or whatever they, Yes. Yes.
4: Yes. Okay. So it's not as optimistic as I thought. Then what? What is your explanation for no more banks?
0: Oh, I no, the banking industry as it is right now is, I don't think will be around. That's yeah. There there may be banks of of some type, but the the uh, currency exchange and things of that sort are yep. are going to be completely different.
4: I agree. I, I think I don't know what the future of banking is. Uh, but I do believe that it will have to shift. So you're talking more about evolving. So I understand that. And then, and blackouts, you just think that the grid's going to get more efficient.
0: And there'll be, there's certainly the ability to have uh, backup, backup systems to help, in a more localized you're an
4: infrastructure guy you understand buildings and building buildings that's what you yeah, do been, for been, your been
0: craft at that for nearly 50 years so yeah, yeah what's
4: the biggest thing you ever
0: built oh probably the well i had a in in 1980 i think it was 1980 there was a, a three-quarter mile long uh water drainage ditch that um the culvert type thing that was very complex because it changed dimensions from the in the front part of it or the you know the water where the water originated down to the other end and it um it had the forming system had to be built to accommodate those changes Mm -hmm. and uh that 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 was the biggest single concrete structure that i was involved in uh the when i came up with the riser solutions product for doing stairs and Steps, mm. uh, the project uh, called the interchange, which is just to the north of uh, Target Field in Minneapolis. That was very rewarding project to be a part of. That the
4: interchange, Where is that?
0: It was a. I'll, I'll send you a photo or two of that.
4: Okay. Well, time. so you know that Americans' infrastructure is rather lacking. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 in rough shape. Uh, it, no, yeah. uh, like, like if anything, the ele- the proof is in the pudding with the electrical grid. Like, uh, our electrical grid was supposed to last 50 years, and we're on year, like, 60. <laughs> um, And and we're not really upgrading it. We, we're, and we, we run it on full power all the time uh, instead of, like, giving it breaks intermittently. And we really run it thin. So I worry extremely about the future of electricity and the future of energy. Um, the, the season one, season two episode, uh, episode one, so the season premiere of uh, season two of this show was about the most played video game on Earth. And the most played video game on Earth is the dinosaur game on Google, where where if, if you're not on the internet, the dinosaur pops up and you can jump over a cactus. And the reason it's the most played video game on Earth Is because children in countries like Brazil and India don't have internet for large chunks of the day. So they play that game because it doesn't require internet. Oh. Thus making it the most played video game on earth. So it is extremely ambitious to say blackouts. Band-Aids. Band-Aids, Ronnie. I wanted to hear (laughs) (laughs) Gimme.
2: No, I wanted uh, Scott to read the word bakery, not ban. You you read bakery. the word under the word I wanted. Do, do you, you think to read. there will be bakeries? Or no, I don't think there ba- will be bakeries. No bakeries. No. Why? That's a long time from now. <laughs>
0: They're,
2: not <making> <laughs> They're not making
4: it. Yeah, that's fine. All right. I mean, why? Not? I mean, that. So that under that assumption, what is a bakery? A be Just a place where they make baked goods? Yeah. Yes. Or just there is no
2: baked goods. No, they're made uh, in, like, factories or way differently. Yeah, everything's more mass-produced by then. Okay. Uh, so we don't have things like bakeries anymore.
4: And wow. that's we can accept that. This is predictions. Uh, as long as I'm not saying it, it's good. No, Just because I, who cares about my predictions? I'm the host of the show. Scott wants the mic back. Burger King? Burger King's gone. More, more healthy lifestyle is going to be taking place in the future. Hey, rebuttal, get- rebuttal! They're making these disgusting new impossible whoppers or whatever, impossible burgers. Uh,
3: That's yeah, all goop. But-
4: it's not even from cows. It's just straight goop. Yeah, they're not. It's not. Yo, you eat that mm-hmm. shit? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Cheesesteaks. Yeah, I don't eat. Like, I don't trust. I, this might be ignorant to the people of the future, but I don't. I don't trust the fake beef of our time. Like the impossible burgers, yeah, I don't or trust that shit. I don't like tr- McDonald's burgers. Well, I don't trust either of them. When you're eating a McDonald's burger, sometimes you get like a, a, a hard
2: thing. <laughs> it's you like, ever get yeah, one of those hard yeah, I things? I know exactly what you And you're just like,
4: about. I'm dealing with like, that. And you spit it out. Yeah, yeah. you, you just spit it out, or you, you swallow it. You, it. 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 you just swallow it. You just swallow it. It's yeah. Just, yeah, but yeah, there's some like teeth. <laughs> there's some teeth in the meat. Oh, man. McDonald's. Hey, Done. hey. we want to shout out our sponsor, McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> there's teeth in the meat. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh yeah, well, I don't think Burger King that's... or McDonald's. But Burger King's a good B. Uh to be gone. I'm i I mean Barney. you don't think Barney can make it? No. Yeah. And when he's I talk about Barney, I mean his cultural significance. So I uh, yeah, I think they're not really making Barney. No. But is Barney popping right now? No, I you haven't... got a nephew? Your nephew watched Barney? Nope. I don't think so. My nephew watched Barney. I just don't think that's gonna last. I think I think it is a little ADD'd up, you know. Barney's a little, like, I don't think that's good for kids, probably. (laughs) Purple time. Yeah, yeah. just like loud screaming. (laughs) I I think I'm I'm more on like that Mozart playing to the womb (laughs) shit. Like, I want my kid watching, like, I don't know, like regular, like, calm (laughs) shit something education yeah it's no wonder our whole generation has adhd that we watch like spongebob and like just yelling in our face constantly everything that's on tv now looks like it was made for people to do xanax and watch (laughs) like for kids and and just drool at the screen yeah yeah a lot of that shit is made like that just uh, everyone's on xanax who writes tv and then it's made for an audience of people on xanax (laughs) Uh, yeah, what was it? What did you say, Barney? Yeah, Barney. Yeah, yeah no Barney. On. I think I think most of the pop culture shit's going to be gone. Uh, Bruno Mars, his music. Uh, no, Bruno Mars could make it. Bruno Mars is big enough, he might make it. A couple of those songs. Yeah, you know, like, just one or two of those songs.
2: Not physically on this earth. Stab Bruno Mars in the goddamn esophagus and won't stop until the
4: cops come in. Oh, he'll be dead. Bruno Mars is dead by then. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bruno Mars is dead by then. Um, give us a couple more. I'm gonna see see what the what the bees I said were. I got three more. Give us give us. Let's hear them.
2: Uh, barber shops.
4: You don't think there's gonna be barber shops? Nah. Jesus Christ! You have a grim idea. <laughs> no, of No, the there's future. just going to be
2: a different way to get your haircut. You're going to be able to do it yourself. Everyone's going to have. It's going to be like way this, easier.
4: They they released a helmet like that a couple years ago. Not I'm sure. one
2: that like cuts your head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: but the thing is, are people going to want that? Like, so there's some novelty shit like that still. Like newspapers are still around. It won't be a
2: barbershop not- shop as we know it. It would be like more rare to see someone getting a haircut at a barbershop. shop. Uh, bar skilled barbers as we know it today won't exist. It'll there will be, like, be like a few good ones. And then the rest are like bad.
4: Like if, you, yeah, if you're you not yeah. paying a lot of money, they're real bad. Yeah. And it'll be called a borber. And then yeah. barbers <laughs> wouldn't be good there because they'd be borbers. They'd change the A to an O
2: because of the cultural significance of this show. They'll adopt it. All right. Another one is a similar idea. Banks as we know it.
4: Oh, I, I don't mean, think we're
2: going to be doing cash by then. This is
4: important. And Steve Schmieler talks about this at length. Uh, I, I, I don't want to contradict what I already said in the episode, so I'm going to ask you to talk about it and throw to me and talking to Steve about it because I don't want to contradict myself. I
2: don't know what I said about it. I haven't put that much thought into it, but I, I, I think. What I was trying to say last episode. Here, you talk. Like, if all it's all digital currency. I think that that's bad for the future because
4: then what if your money can get frozen? People are going to be so good with technology and breaking in. Here's my thing about that I love the idea of the banks going under. So, sorry if I'm contradicting myself when I said Steve (laughs) Schmieler. I do love the idea of the banks going under. And that's why I do like cryptocurrency because everyone kind of agrees that cryptocurrency is bullshit, except for the people who are really into it. And even they're kind of like aware that it's bullshit. But the fact that it's bullshit is an acknowledgement that like the greater economy is bullshit because mm-hmm. the greater economy is bullshit. So same thing. If the cryptocurrency can kill the banks and then we're all talk doing cryptocurrency, which we all acknowledge is bullshit as well, <laughs> maybe we can grow past the monetary system and have a little better world. You know, that's my thought process. So the quicker the banks fall, the happier I am. Uh, I, I'd like to see it in my lifetime, if I'm being honest, but. Well, you know, you might, That you might, I'm trying to, I might do a whole episode on the trillion dollar coin. If did I tell you about the trillion dollar coin, oh, the trillion dollar coin is my favorite, but I don't know if I should start talking about it this episode, because I'm going to probably do a whole episode on the trillion dollar coin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know I'll fucking talk about it. Maybe this is the start of the trillion dollar coin episode. Uh, so when shit was real bad during COVID and they were trying to figure out like how to afford Like the first like Trump bailout the first time they were like, how the fuck are we going to fund this shit? And then economists came out of the woodworks and said we could create two trillion dollar coins and the government could have them. And it was an idea, and the idea leaked to the public, and then the social media and everyone was like, what the fuck is a trillion-dollar coin? Because it got everyone so mad because it was an acknowledgement of how bullshit the system is. And then, like, two days later, they came out and said, we didn't do the trillion-dollar coin. And then a journalist asked, well, what did you do? And they said, we changed the number on the Excel sheet. (coughs) So if, I do do an an epi- value. so if I do an episode about the trillion dollar coin, that might be the start of it. <laughs> because I just want to understand the logistics of the trillion dollar coin. I want to know how far the idea got, if there was a design. I, I want to know how big it was, what it was made of, if it where it would thing. be, and what happens if someone steals it. Could You couldn't do any... It doesn't matter. But that's why I don't care if banks care. <laughs> Because if we're doing trillion-dollar coins and we're just moving the numbers on Excel sheets... You think if Treasury? someone stole the trillion-dollar coin, they'd cancel the yeah, amount of Yeah, the government would just be like, it's not true. <laughs> it's a thousand. That's just a regular <laughs> coin or whatever you can get on the black market. And you'd get arrested and killed anyway, even after they said that it wasn't worth anything. They'd be like, it's no longer valid. If, any, if you get caught with it, we'll arrest you. And you'd be like, if it's not worth anything, why it would make no sense it, it, it's just so stupid that the world in which is that's why i, I think they couldn't make it and I, I don't know if they ever would have made it i don't know if they, if they would have just made a fake picture they would have photoshopped some fake coins and just been like yeah they'll believe it just have somebody tweeted out the treasury these are two trillion dollar coins they're hidden in the same briefcase <laughs> as the nuclear football good luck yeah whatever but when I thought uh, what I think that you're your most promising, your most promising no more is bags <laughs> in parentheses plastic. Number one,
0: yeah.
4: number or- two, bifocals in parentheses, eyeglasses. Yeah. I think they're both great calls. Yeah. I think you're wearing bifocals right now. Yes. You wouldn't be in the future. Uh, you know what I'm not wearing? bifocals you want to know why lasik surgery oh did you yeah 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 well i didn't even know that it was an option when i graduated from college my parents said and i quote um we're going to get you lasik surgery because we want you to be able to see the prime of your life and i was like that's beautiful oh, it uh, is. yeah i'd never i'd never even considered that it was an option i thought it was I never had considered it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I will 110% do that.
0: That's a wonderful gift.
4: Mm -hmm. It was. I, and I, honestly, it was not something I thought was always out of the picture, but 10 minutes it took one day recovery time.
0: Yeah.
4: I say it's 10. I say it's 10 minutes of hell for 20 minutes. I mean, for 20 years of perfect vision, because that 10 minutes is hell. Is it them doing surgery on your eyeball while your eyeball is pried open? (laughs) You're awake, staring into a laser as they laser off your retina. Does that not sound
0: horrible to you? (laughs) I've I've known people. They maybe they staring
4: directly into a laser as it cuts off your retina, and you can smell the scent of your burning eyeball flesh. (laughs) Well, you've
0: given me a different perspective on it.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the music playing because I, I was I couldn't believe they were listening to music. they were listening to Selena Gomez and Beyonce. I was like, this is way too casual. My eyeball is being burnt off with a laser. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the future. If they could make me sit down and get my laser eye my eyeball lasered off uh, in the name of sight, they'll be able to find an easier way to do that. Plus contacts. I don't know. The glasses have made it a long time. But no, maybe, but bifocals, bifocals. <clears throat> I don't know. Cause they are so, here's the problem. And I'll tell you why glasses might make it bifocals might make it because we have this tendency as humans to over efficient, Oh, overdo efficiency. We work so hard to achieve efficiency that, you know what we do? We do really inefficient and stupid stuff in the name of efficiency and the thing about glasses is that it just makes sense. It's perfect design. Like, it, it'll always be easier to produce glasses than to produce contact lenses.
0: Now, have, have you seen the ads for the adjustable eyeglasses? Right? The, oh, the ones that bend forward? No, no. Mm. Um, the the gli- eyeglasses, each side has two pair, two, two glasses. And they're they're grounded different things so when they slide past each other um it it's like when they do the test and they do you like this you like this mm-hmm. well there's apparently a knob on each side where you can adjust them yourself to to stay in you know, order to keep up why with hasn't your, that right? existed
4: already well that's what i mean the glasses are a good design so i'll yeah. agree with you okay on, on plastic bags gone <laughs> uh Ballots, I think ballots stay. You have ballots on your list. I think ballots stay because it's been proven time and time again that the, the most efficient way to, to stop voter fraud and to and to just have no hacking, no hacking, is paper ballots. And I know that that's not appealing. I know that it's not appealing, but it is. You can't hack paper ballots. You can hack all sorts of other, you can hack online stuff. That's why I, I stray away from the technology. Like people do online poker and I don't like online poker, online blackjack, because those things are rigged to make you fail. I'm a big believer in, in so, like I'll play paper cards with a dealer, yeah. then you can pay attention. And you, you know that it's, you're not you against an algorithm. There's no algorithm involved, it's just straight counting. And that's what I like about paper ballots. But if if you've got pushback on that, I'll listen.
0: No, oh, no, it's. I think it's the the point I was trying to make there is that it there's going to be more control. There's gonna there's going to be something done to to improve the um, the, the reality of what what the vote is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what countries? There's some countries where people have to you know dip their finger in a dye or something. To, India. Yeah. But India has i think in the 90
4: percentile voter turnout because they have a law that within there has to be a voting place within two miles of wherever anyone lives hmm. and also the thing with india that's the most impressive that they do that is that they don't speak one language there are 100 plus languages in india hmm. So all those ballots have to be tailored to specific tribes and specific nope. groups of people who do not all speak the same language. So the fact that they can get 90% voter turnout compared to what we can accomplish in America, where we all speak essentially the same language, and but either way, I, I agree that something needs to be done about voting, but I think we agree most on bifocals, bags, maybe in, a, in an idealistic world, bombs and bullets, uh, and beaches is the only one I haven't talked about. You have no. beaches. I have beautiful beaches on my list. specifically, I have Bangkok and beautiful beaches. Oh, I don't think Bangkok will make it. but
0: well, from uh, what I've read that global warming or climate change, whatever term you want to give as as things heat up, the ice caps around the world are gonna mm-hmm. melt and and pretty soon we're gonna they, they there's pretty certain that half the beaches, half the beaches are gonna be gone.
4: Yeah, a lot of these beaches. I think Bangkok, countries like Bangkok, well not countries, cities, places like Bangkok that are pretty much small islands out to sea. The water's gonna rise. Those places Venice,
0: Venice Italy is gonna be in trouble.
4: Venice, Italy, Atlantic City. That's that's my beautiful beaches portion. Sure. Uh Anywhere where you can see water right now, essentially, will be washed over in some sense. And you know how they always say, follow the money? <laughs> um, recently, uh, Russia uh, started a new company of shipping fleets that are crossing where there used to be ice for the first time and proving that those, those shipping routes are mappable for the first times ever. <laughs> so they're starting new companies and getting a huge investment boom. <laughs> Mm. uh because there's these new shipping routes because there's not ice there anymore meanwhile um oh, what country was just going under because of it oh, it's gonna kill me but uh, uh, one of the countries in uh, Southeast Asia started flooding because of because of this mm. exact melting the water rose and it's just the, the the climate change stuff is very real any prediction you can make with uh, climate change uh, I said Bangkok and beautiful beaches, and then the other word, uh, one of the bees I was going to get rid of was the word bastard. I think the word bastard will lo- lose its prevalence. Um, it's not used a lot uh, it, as as a, as an insult or a turn of phrase, and that's because many a children who who were bastards, quote unquote, it doesn't matter anymore. It's it it, it, it straight up. That is not weird anymore. It, it's not weird to be born out of wedlock. It's not that strange. Uh, times have changed. Bastard used to be like, I I, I feel like in like early, maybe in your lifetime, Steve, being called a bastard or someone who was labeled a bastard might have really hurt your feelings, right?
0: Oh, it would, yes.
4: Yeah. And it was it was really bad. Me, my lifetime... No, does not. It doesn't even scan people. I know who are bastards. Never. We never even learned what it meant until we were a little bit older. And by then we were like, yeah, that doesn't really matter. So I think that the changing in the uh, family dynamic and just the general like pop turns, I think the word bastard is going to lose its relevance.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that but that makes sense yeah yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah no and those are those are the bees that won't be uh and i thank you for for doing this with me steve uh do you have any any updates that you'd like the listeners to know about
0: uh no no I, I, <laughs> it, things are pretty pretty much the same uh other than if you've got any connections with some hollywood types that might be interested in pushing along a movie pass the word well, uh, we didn't even
4: bring that up in the beginning of this interview. Steve, someone has found Steve through Reddit and has is writing a movie about his life. And I'm pissed that I'm not writing the movie about his life. But uh, get me optioned in there as a consultant and at least give them the train story from the stories of youth. Okay. All right. But thank you very much for coming on, Steve. It's always a blessing to talk to you. Um, do you have anything you want to say to the people of the year 2100?
0: Sort of tailing on one, one of our earlier conversations. Everybody needs to strive to do the best they can and make things better. Thank you, Steve. Anything Steve. else that starts with bees? We got
2: any bees? Buffalo are going to be extinct.
4: Buffalo. Did <laughs> I, not, didn't, didn't Buffalo go extinct? They might be. Some of them went extinct oh, already. Awesome. Yeah, we, we were very excited to see Buffalo. but I hope they
2: make it. I don't think they
4: will. I think we could eat
2: Buffalo now yeah so they're probably not gonna make it
4: (laughs) uh and and i don't know about that extinction shit are fake animals real animals and i know that question sounds fake animals are real animals yeah yeah okay so that's then 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 buffalo are real scott uh, do you have a rebuttal to are fake animals real animals like animals made in a lab they do that shit like a lot of chicken Uh, yeah but are they real I guess they have to be real because humans made in a lab are real. As long as it has
2: a brain, I'm giving it real. The thumbs up, yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. If it has a brain,
2: so but I think buffalo could exist then. Yeah. If they make some fake, the buffalo. brain could like it could suck. I think they brought buffalo. Yeah, they are they, their own thing. Yeah. If it's got a brain, I don't care how it was made.
4: If I if I if I'm correct here.
2: Oh, and it's got to be able to uh, make itself again. So maybe mm, nah. It's still real if it has a brain. Yeah, Still real. we give it to it. Uh, because I believe that buffalo went extinct and then
4: got brought back. Uh, I believe Wooly they were overhunted. Yeah, I believe they were all. Uh, no, Wooly Maps is not brought back. That didn't. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. But uh, buffalo, I believe, got gone, got deaded, came back. Uh, anything else? Any last bees? From the king of the bees himself, the self proclaimed king of the bees, Scott Boatis. <laughs> Bats 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 are gone all right one follow-up question do you mean baseball bats (laughs) or do you mean bats like the animal the animal bird bat birds are not bats (laughs) i knew i I said i wouldn't push back but i'm gonna need you they're a mat what yeah i guess they're a mammal yeah they're a mammal Do you got a species of bat? I don't know. Never mind. Cut bats. bats, Cut bats. Oh, yeah. Fruit bats starts with an F. Beaches. Beaches. No more beaches. We're we're saying yes. We're saying yes. There are no more beaches. No more beaches. beaches ever. No more beaches ever. There's no beaches in 2100. Nope. No, no more. Nope. That's it. Yep. Correct. Fact. And that's the end of the show.
0: World we, got too hot.
4: We want to thank Scott and Ronnie for coming on the episode. We want to thank the bee expert. And uh, we want to yep. thank Steve Schmeler as well. Uh, Scott, give me, give me, uh, uh, give me, uh, what should the next episode be about? Um, Bees. No, we did bees on this episode. Bumblebees.
3: We dig bumblebees on this episode uh,
4: uh,
3: C's uh, C's <laughs> We're gonna do an episode about C's What will it be? Uh, we'll uh, see
4: See <laughs> you uh, later uh, uh.
0: Broke boys don't deserve no pussy I know that's right Fake bag busting up the belly band Take a member but let back And all these bitches fuck It's fake bags busting up the belly band